All right, guys, welcome to today's Tunnel Club TFC live reaction show. Uh, TFC dropped a 2-0 decision to Cincinnati in what could only be described as a frustrating, somewhat, in, the, 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 basically a, a microcosm of this season so far of Toronto FC. Frustrating at the beginning, then encouraging for the rest of the first half. Then it kind of descended into a game where you couldn't quite tell what the hell we were watching. And then in the end, uh, it sort of goes out with a whimper. But uh, they do drop two consecutive results to Cincinnati, um, a team a lot of people, I think, thought you could see, you know, getting at least three points out of two games against the worst club in the Eastern Conference. But alas, uh, TFC and Cincinnati essentially will be swapping places in the standings tonight um, as Cincinnati will now leapfrog Toronto FC uh, in the standings. I think they get up to sixth at this point. Lots to talk about. Um, waiting for Sean to join, but I will uh, muse you with sort of my thoughts uh, on the match. Of course, I also want to get your thoughts Feel free to grab the mic, uh, bottom left-hand corner. Please request, um, give me your thoughts on not just this game, but I think right now, as we are now with 10 games into the season, you're starting to get a sample size on what this club um, or what this team is really going to potentially be uh, this season. And I think we're starting to see some signs of, well, depends on how you look at it. It could be con concerning. You know, you could also say somewhat encouraging um, in terms of this sort of continuous fight back spirit. But to go over sort of the game notes really quickly, uh, TFC get off to a horrible start. Um, concede in the second minute off a, a, a hilarious high line on the counterattack where they essentially get open, cut open um, with, with one long ball through. Um, and Calvin Harris is left to tap in um, a sitter, um, you know, on the telecast, you know, Stephen Caldwell mentioned the positioning of Alex Bono. Should he have been off his goal line a lot earlier? We'll get to Bono um, for sure. Um, because again, this was not one of his, um, one of his best performances. And then in terms of the, you know, in terms of the goal itself, there are some questions about whether or not Bob Bradley should have been playing such a high line uh, to start the match. You know, there are a lot of injuries in the squad right now. A lot of players missing due to injury, due to uh, potentially COVID-19 infections. Uh, so a very makeshift lineup tonight. Uh, for Toronto FC in a lot of ways you're you're you know they called up four Toronto FC two players on temporary deals to fill out the bench so you know that that it does go and I know TFC and you 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 brought this up last match and and you know that's sort of something you're going to live with uh with a 23 man squad and and when you're kind of rebuilding a bit on the fly uh, with young players, you're you're kind of going to have to live with this a little bit, um, and then some of those mistakes were were evident in, in that first goal. I mean, just 
a very simple, straightforward ball. But I mean, hands up anybody in the room as, as that ball got played, you know, that looked right away. Like eh, this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a goal. Um, and, and it kind of felt like this could get really ugly. And then after that goal, of course, uh, barely three minutes later, if not even then, maybe even less, um, Ralph Preso is sent off uh, on a tackle that I thought, you know, yes, of course, you can argue VAR slowing things down, taking stills could make tackles look worse than they actually were. Um, but I'm, I I really don't have that many complaints about it. It was a red, um, in my opinion. I thought it was red the first time I saw it, and I thought he would be incredibly lucky um, to be walking away with a yellow. Um, but, of course, VAR came back and gave him the red. And I guess that's a question maybe I'll have for the room now. And, again, feel free to jump in. I'd love to get your thoughts. But now this is the fourth sending off uh, the team has had already in 10 matches, two for Salcedo. Yes, one was one was retroactive. Actually, so was Jaden Nelson's. Just going back to what I was saying before, though, um, you know, for the room, I guess, is there a uh, concern about discipline uh, on this team right now in terms of the fact that we're, we're watching players dive into to tackles, sometimes reckless tackles, um, and it's usually in spots where there's no real need for them to go in and, and dive in that way. Um, you know, we're seeing this team pick up a lot of red cards um, in the last couple of games. Um, so I wonder, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that in as a, as a question for the room. Um, and I have Essex Red. I'm going to bring you in. Uh, sir, I'd love to uh, unmute yourself and, and give us your thoughts on the match or, you know, the current state of the team, uh, 10 games in. Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm okay, man. Um, listen, like, you know, firstly, you know, I'll touch on your last question that you asked there about the, the sending us off and stuff like that. It is a youthful team and I think they're going to make mistakes. Definitely. Um, that, young players make they're, they're eager to please they're desperate to please and all that kind of stuff and so the adrenaline's pumping they're diving in but the, 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 these sendings off are they're coming at frustrating moments if you look at when we're getting players sent off they're always happening shortly after we've conceded goals so you have to wonder uh, I, I hate saying this but but where's the leadership on the pitch at that point? You've just got to go down. You need someone, Michael Bradley, who's for years, he's been brilliant at that, but he's lost that ability to be like, guys, just put your foot on the ball, just calm down. And we've lost that now. We've lost that because now we're getting players. I mean, Salcedo losing his head the other week and we're losing the ability to control games when we've just lost control. And I wonder, is that systemic from... You know, not getting the right leadership on the pitch from the more experienced players as well. I, I, it, that's an interesting question, and it, it, it reminds me of something I heard last year about the effects of Josie Altador in the locker room. Um, was the fact that a lot of the young players that are coming through the squad when sort of asked or talking about, 
you know, players that they look up to or players that they see as leaders in the room. It was actually Josie Altador's name that came up before Michael Bradley's. Like Michael Bradley, I think Michael Bradley is that lead by example kind of guy. And that's good. You need that kind of leadership 100% in the team. But I think for a lot of those young guys, Josie was the guy that they looked up to. Josie was the guy they listened to. Um, For better, for worse, uh, you know, that's up for debate. But, you know, I think when you talk about leadership on the pitch and and the fact that, you know, some of these young guys, and even Salcedo, as you mentioned, who should be one of those defensive leaders, um, losing their head in those moments, you know, those 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 cost you, those kill you. It, especially because we yeah. have been talking about the fact that this team, you know, does fight back. And again, that is still an encouraging thing. And we're going to talk about that in a moment um, in terms of how this team played after conceding and after going down a man. But, you know, you, you, you lose a player six minutes in after you conceded two minutes in and... You know, for most football teams, well, that's a death knell. That's it. Game's over. You know, um, and 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 as much as the team fought back, it, it it did it did just it kind of just deflated the air. You know what I mean? It just deflates the tire if you if you want to put it in that analogy. Absolutely, and 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 that's just what concerns me with it when I see it. Um, like I, I, I have varying thoughts on playing the kids. I really do. Okay, let's hear them. I, let's hear them. Let's, let, let's bring that in because that that's something that I'm seeing right now in the discourse uh, after this game. We've talked about it. Sean um, uh, has joined the call now. You know, Sean and I have talked about it both on the House and Lakeshore podcast on this show about the kids and needing to play them and needing to give them minutes. How are you feeling 10 games in now? We're in the we're now in it, right? We're playing the kids now. So how are you feeling um, 10 games in? I, I from what I've seen so far, and I, I'm always so hesitant to be critical of players when they're in their football in infancy because I don't want to be critical because you know confidence is a big thing. I'm yet to see a performance from a player this year when I'm like, okay, this kid's going places, this kid's gonna do it. And what I try and do when I watch the kids play is I try and push out all the discourse or even all the the hype about, well, he's young and he's Canadian and he's going to be the next Alfonso Davis. I try and push that out of the way because I want to concentrate on what a player is good. So with Schaffelberg, for example, I could I could understand what the hype was about, but I saw the flaws in what he was doing. I, I saw that he... You know he's an athlete, but he's not a particularly brilliant football player. And and what I want to what I wanted to see from him was a, a progression, a development. And instead, what I've seen from the likes of, of Preso and players like that is, I think the endeavours there, but I haven't seen the development in these lads where I can I've seen a standout performance where I thought, oh my goodness, this this kid's actually you know he's got something about him. And I don't think it's that they're not capable. My worry is that there's too many of them right now and uh, they don't, as I reverted to back earlier, like with Michael Bradley, they don't have that pivotal guy that stands next to him on the pitch that's been doing this for 10 years that they can learn off of. It's one thing learning something on a training pitch and it's one thing learning something playing for TFC too, but they get their most experience out of playing alongside someone who week in, week out is giving them that experience, is giving them that advice when they're on the pitch. And they don't have that right now. So actually what we're risking doing 
is we're burning an entire generation of players because we're not we're not giving them the opportunities that they deserve. We're just basically being like, there you go, you're young, you're exuberant, so we're going to trust that you're going to give everything you've got, and we throw them out there, and then these kids are getting torched. Okay. All right. Um, as thanks for your thoughts, uh, <laughs> as always. Um, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw you back into the audience. We're gonna have yeah. some more people that <laughs> yeah. want to come in. Um, but no, that's actually a really good point. And in this, you're not the only person. Um, as I just put you back into the audience here. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to grab the mic again later if you have any more thoughts. Uh, sure, sure, definitely do that. Um, but yeah, Sean, as, as I bring you in, um, I- I've seen that sort of you know minutes doesn't necessarily equal development i've seen that sort of conversation out there what are your thoughts on it because i mean look if you look at it from a youth perspective tonight you know you started off what nine nine canadians played um you know i i don't exactly remember the full number i think it might be six academy products on the pitch eventually you had a something like 11 play tonight um, and nine or so were academy products. So, you know how how are you seeing this in terms of you know just playing these kids and giving them the amount of minutes that they're getting? I mean, prior to today's match, I I I wasn't complaining too much. Um, however, I mean, they really had no option today, right? When you look at who was on the bench, like who else was going to start, like. They just weren't healthy. So they today they were forced to play the kids. And and I mean I don't think yeah, Ralph Prizzo, that was that was ugly. That was stupid. Um, but it was yeah, it was just it wasn't a good game for them. They didn't look good. The kids well, the team as a whole struggled after that, like after they conceded, they did pick it up, but they didn't have in the second half, they to me they just didn't have the fight in them or enough in them to to score a goal. They looked decent after they conceded and after they went down, but they still didn't have that true threat in the box. Um, and the kids played well up in the first half after they conceded. Like yeah, defensively, they kind of held it together. Um, Shane O'Neill did, did have to bail them out a couple times, but. Again, they had no choice today. They they didn't have the healthy body, so you kind of have to live and die with with the kids sometimes, right? Like we don't have the depth right now where you you have a couple of vets or a couple of players who've been around for a while on the roster that you can at least rely on. Right now, we have twenty three, and when you have five or six important players go out or, or injured or whatever happened, you have no choice, right? Yes, um, but I, I would also say that that was a somewhat deliberate choice by, you know, by Bill Manning, by Bob Bradley, in terms of the amount of players they released um, prior to the start of the season, right? Like, it, it, you know, when you decide to release as many players as you release, you, you know you're not going to be able to replace them with MLS quality or veteran signings all in one window. That's just that's just not possible, you know. Um, you know, not even the chop and change TFC teams of the past uh, were really able to do that. 
Um, and, and there's some, I want to see parallels to that because it's not the same, right? Like the difference back then was it was literally a, they signed a USL squad with a couple of MLS guys. Um, and then that didn't work. They almost got rid of everybody. And then they brought in another USL guy, a squad with a couple of MLS players. Whereas this time they are trying to bring players who they think can be part of a core that they will build long-term. But in the short term, this team is going to kind of sometimes be hard to watch, right? Because they're going to be up and down. And as you said, you're going to have to live and die on some of these performances, right? Which are helter-skelter and kind of all over the place. Um, and, and I know... And I know some people have thoughts in the room about, you know, roster construction and how this team should be building um, going forward. Uh, I will say that after the sending off, I thought TFC were the better team with a man down, which is wild to say and probably only happens if you're playing Cincinnati. And up until halftime, maybe even up until I would say the sort of 60th minute, they were there was a, a, there was an opportunity for them to level the game. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are, Sean, or for the room. Love to get your thoughts on sort of that. Yes, okay, the, it started off really bad. You had six minutes of madness, and then the team, you know, TFC were in theory the better team uh, for a large stretch of that first half. Okay, yeah, they were the better team for especially at, after they conceded the. They settled down and they were the better team the remainder of that first half and a little bit going into the second. But the problem is, is you're down a man and at a certain point, it's the, the you're going to get tired. You're not going to have, have it to keep trying, you know, keep pushing like that. And, you know, the early mistakes conceding early, those things are continuously hurting the team. It's putting the pressure on the defense. It's putting pressure on 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 the mid. It's putting pressure on the whole squad to now try to have to fight back. And then you have a, you like having conceding a early goal and going down a man. No matter how good they fought, they just weren't going to be able to fight back tonight. And again, I'm not blaming that aspect in the, in the loss, but they just it, there was nothing you could do. At the end of the day, there was like. Bono made some decent saves in the second half. I, I don't. Outside of the other questionable things I saw him do tonight, um, I guess you can take some solace in the fact that they they did outplay them for a bit, but they still lost. So you can outplay a team for ninety percent of the match. It doesn't matter if you don't score or if you don't win, or at least come out with a draw. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask a question to both you, Sean, and I'm going to ask it to the room. And again, I would love to get your thoughts, guys, because this is this is something that we may have to grapple with through this through this season, even after Lorenzo Insigne and and others co get here. Um, so grab the 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 mic request button because I would love to hear your thoughts. And and if I'm wrong, or if you think I'm a complete idiot for thinking this. Please let me know. But do points matter as much this year? Like, in terms of, sure, of course, we want to get to the playoffs. Yes, this team should always be trying to shoot for the playoffs. 
But is it more important for this season to see measurable and sustainable growth in some of the youth product that you're bringing into the team and, and sort of getting an idea on which one of these young players are really going to be a part of this core going forward as we, as that, as the management team, as Bill and Bob go out and start signing more veteran players to round out the squad. Do, do the points right now matter as much as the quote-unquote development of these young players? Sean, I'll let you go first. Essex, I see you grab the mic, so I'm going to bring you in, but Sean, go ahead. See, that's a tough question because I think it's yes and no. Because I think on both, you want to see, I think the team obviously every every year, I mean, if we believe what Bill Manning said a few years ago, you know, we're a big club, we always want to win, you would always assume then, yes, points do matter. Winning does matter, right? But when you gut the team the way you gutted them in the offseason, you know, we kind of have to, like like you said, we're going to have to live and die with these results. And, and as a from a fan perspective, I don't think we can really focus on point standing and just have to, you know, except there's going to be games where we look good and, or we scrape by and get those those hard-fought wins and, and, you know, we appreciate that. And then there's going to be games where it's not pretty and they just get, you know, the, we're, we're not the better team on, on that night. And, yeah, the kids are – you're going to see some kids that are going to stand out and step up, but it's going to be hard. There's going to be days like today that are hard to watch, days like the past two games. Right. Or even to a certain extent, you can say the past three games where it's just been we've been from, you know, fighting from behind all three games. It just doesn't look like we have enough to, to, to fight back. So I do think it's a combination of both. I know that doesn't really give you a fair answer, but I think if I'm going to say from my perspective, I have to accept that it's not. I'm not going to focus on the points and just hope that the development of the kids actually bears some some fruits, and we we see one of these kids that actually gets it. And like, I mean, there, and there are some signs because I I've been impressed with, for example, Kosey Thompson. I think he's he's shown that he's capable at the moment, right? Um, he hasn't looked totally out of place. Um, but, like, you know, on a game like today, you saw that McNaughton struggled, Caden Chung struggled, um, you know, a few of them just, just yeah, the Jaden Nelson didn't look great today. So we're going to have games where, or days where we're just going to have to either deal with that or hope that, like, we really see a progression, whether it be every month we see it growth and development um, or, you know, just, not again as a fan just not not really focus on on the results and just let's hope that next year you know the the right they realize who can play and who can't play and they they build the roster properly around that okay fair enough essex jump on in i meet yourself uh, you know what I, I i agree with sean to a point um actually no not to a point quite a lot actually and i think you know, I'm trying to think of a comparable right now, and I'm actually thinking about 
if we're going to go through a rebuild right now, what's the purpose in the rebuild? Right. It, what is the purpose? And what I, I'm going to just use this comparable in terms of Arsenal over the past few weeks, because obviously my name suggests I'm an Arsenal fan and all that kind of stuff. When Arsenal were losing games, they were still playing to a system that was very identifiable, that you could look at them play and you could be like, okay, I get it. I see the direction that we're moving in. When I look at TFC right now, I'm okay with a rebuild as long as I can see a system. And I don't see a system. I don't see any kind of moment where I think, okay, I can see it. I can see I'm okay with losing 3-0 because we're trying to play out from the back. Or I'm okay with losing 2-1 because, you know what, we're lumping the ball up front and we've got a big man up front and it's not going to be pretty, but we're going to win games in the long run. I don't see that. And I understand that I'm not by any means advocating for Bob Bradley to go by any means because I think he is the man for the job but I wonder what the end goal is because I'm currently I've got Seattle on and they're playing in the CONCACAF Champions League final and all that kind of stuff and that was us a few years ago but we lost our identity and we've never really had an identity of free-flowing football except for a few years when we were in the Champions League ourselves and now I don't see that. So now I worry about these kids because these kids can't identify um, with a style that we're meant to be playing. It's basically just, okay, let's send out 11 kids and hope for the best. And that's what worries me. That's what really, really worries me because there isn't an identity and I'm okay with, well, I'm, I'm never okay with losing games. That's not true. But if I'm going to lose a game as a fan, I want to see that there's moments of, Okay, we made a mistake there, but we made a mistake because we're trying to do the right thing. And I don't see that right now. And that's what concerns me. I'm not going to say that's, that's not going to change because Bob Bradley is a phenomenal manager. And if anyone's going to turn it around at MLS level, it's going to be him. Uh, but when I see what Mikhail Ateta did at Arsenal, he never, ever, ever let go of that system. And even if a player wasn't capable, he was like, no, 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 we're going to stick to this system. We're going to do this. You're going to play it out this way. Uh, I mean, we can't play like Arsenal did because Alex, I'm not going to get into it about Alex Bono because I'll get done for slander. But, you know, I, I just, what I need to start seeing from this team is an identity. And we don't have an identity right now. Um, and until we get that, we don't have a foundation to build upon. And I'm probably being very dramatic, and it probably hurts a little bit that I'm watching Seattle play in the CONCACAF Champions League final. And that it was hurts all of us right now. I think it hurts all of us. And all yeah, <laughs> and good for them. And I'll be honest with you, and I've said this openly, that I actually want Seattle to win tonight because I actually want that to be a wake-up call. That Seattle, I believe, is the way that we should be running a football club. We don't need to be signing, and this is controversial. I'm really happy we signed in senior. I really, really am. But you don't need to be signing players like that to be winning uh, the CCL. You don't need to be. You need to be football smart. And I don't think as a franchise we're particularly football smart. We've always just been like, throw lots of money at it and get bums in seats, and then we'll, we'll win stuff. And that's worked to a point. But when it hasn't worked, it's come back to bite us on the ass. And I see franchises like Seattle, and I think, you know what? I think they're onto a good thing there. Like they've they've got Schmelzer, and he's a very good manager, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think with Bradley, we've got that. But we've got to let Bradley run the football club. We've got to let him do it, and no one else.
Yeah, and, and, the, and both Sean and Essex, you both have great points. I am going to disagree with, with, with you, Essex, there on the fact that there isn't a system or there isn't a, a way or a philosophy on how the team wants to play. There is one. They want to press. They want to put the ball on the ground and play through teams. That is what Bob Bradley wants to do, and he's trying to do it. I think what you're seeing right now is players that right now can't quite fit into exactly what he wants to do. And I, think you, and I think what you That's saw true. on the first goal was that if you have a team that can control the ball and and pass and, and not give the ball away cheaply, um, and you have you have backs that understand when you're pushing high, not to be that high. You know, I, I, you know, I think that um, th- that is a way to play. It's just right now, like we've said, you have a lot of young players trying to learn how to play that way. Let, let's just take a step back, and, and I and, and I don't know if he's in or he's not. Um, but Chris, who's normally on our our show, usually jumps in with a, a really great comment. He mentioned to me on Twitter that you know why are we scapegoating the young players? And I kind of thought about that for a second. And think about these young players. A lot of them in their formative years at the academy would have grown up under Greg Vanny's system, right? A a way to play. And that's the kind of way that they were kind of brought up to play. And then Greg Vanny leaves. And then you bring in Chris Armas. And then you have Javier Perez. And now you have Bob Bradley. And they have various different ways of playing. So right now, these kids are, in theory, kind of on their, you know, second, maybe even third sort of style of play that they're trying to learn. Um, And now they're all trying to do it at first team level, at first team speed for the first time where they're really put into positions where they have to contribute to the team. Prior to this, Jaden Nelson, Ralph Preso, Jaquiel Marshall-Ruddy, Noble Akello, you know, I owe to a certain extent the I O kind of got his chance a little earlier, you know, we're put in, you know, we're put in here and there, you know, games were either fully won or fully lost and they could come in and kind of get a taste Well, they're now getting the full meal. And sometimes they're eating fine. Sometimes they're overwhelmed and you're going to have to live with that. For one, I think they are on the right path. Right. It's it, it's it's a it's a hard path and it's it's the hardest way to do it. I think there's a lot of people out there right now that would love for TFC to just spend their way out of this again. Right. Because that's what we did the first time. Realistically, you know, after 2014, really after 2015, we spent our way out of it. Um, and in that MLS, you could get away with it. I'm not so sure you can get away with it in this MLS now. Um, And I'm not saying you will have to go out and have an entire 11 of Academy players in order to now win this league. Clearly that is not the case, but I do think Essex is right in a sense that, you know, I think you need to be um, savvy in the way that you build your core. And I think TFC are going about it the right way in a sense that they want to build a core of players who understand the way that Toronto FC wants to play going forward. And Bob Bradley is trying to bring that style in, but he is also under pressure, right? Because 
we're here having a reaction show and we're lamenting the result tonight um, and, and asking these questions about why are you losing too straight to the worst team in the Eastern Conference, who are clearly not the worst team in the Eastern Conference anymore, might be us by the end of you know the weekend. Um, and, and he's got to try to put results on the board. So therefore, he's got to do what he thinks is best to be able to get points and also develop these guys. So it's not an easy spot long-term for, for Bob Bradley to be in this year. I really don't think this is the year to be thinking or worrying about competing for a playoff spot that much. I, I think the appeasement of Lorenzo Insigne um, has clouded that a little bit, in my opinion. This is not a playoff team. Like, it's not. It's, it's just simply not a playoff team. I don't think even when Lorenzo Insigne gets here, I'm not sure this is a playoff team. Um, I think the, the, the focus is 23 and beyond. Uh, or 2023, excuse me, and beyond. And this year, you really need to figure out, you know, you sign all these kids, the homegrown contracts, pretty much starting from 2018 onwards. It's now time to figure out whether these kids can produce now um, and, and, and getting that idea so that if you're building a core, you know what pieces now to go out in the market and get from a veteran perspective. One of them is a goalkeeper. I'm going to put it that way. Um, Sean, go ahead. Uh, if anybody else also wants to jump in with thoughts, disagree, uh, not agree, feel free to grab the mic. It's on the bottom left-hand corner there if you're new to it. Grab the mic. Love to get your thoughts. Um, Sean, go ahead. I think for me what I would, you know, in an ideal world, I you'd have, you know, maybe three, four young kids starting or playing at, at one time. So they're not too overwhelmed too quickly. Um, you know, because the negative thing is that, you know, you, you're trying to learn a new system, then you start to get some losses in you. It mentally, it, it affects them and they're not, you know, they, they don't have the experience to get out of that funk as quickly as, you know, a veteran player. So that, uh, from that perspective, I wish we did have, you know, maybe a couple more experienced players around them just to help that growth at a, at a, a n- just not being forced on them as much, right? Um, outside of that, yeah, you know, we do know reinforcements will eventually come. And you're right. If, if everyone thinks when Insigne comes, you know what? We're on our way to the MLS Cup. They're wrong, right? Him, him alone is not going to do it. We need, we, there's plenty of areas we all see um, that needs, needs help. Um, and, most likely the off season one area will have has to be has to be addressed um goalkeeping so uh outside of that yeah um there's really nothing else to say about that yeah look i i think you know, overall yeah it's a disappointing night man like let's let, let's not try to sugarcoat it yes they 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 played well at the end of the first half or or, or at least up until the end of the first half after after that 6 minutes of madness um, they were able to keep themselves in it, had chances maybe even to tie it. But even if they did come away with a result in this match, I still think you still have these areas of concern right now in the team. Um, and maybe areas of concern actually isn't the right way to think about it. Maybe it's more of just these are areas that we we know we need to improve on and improve on 
um, quickly, you know, and, and, and again, I know we're talking about, you know, going out in the, in the summer window and bringing in a, a bunch of players to, to uh, hopefully um, help the squad, but I wouldn't necessarily think there's going to be, you know, three or four players that are going to come in as the shining knights to come and rescue the season. You know, it will take some of those players times to bet into the team. Um, and, and, you know, even in Insigne, look, his skill alone should be able to win you points at times, but he's going to have to take some time getting used to North America, living in, in Canada, um, travel in this league, right? Like, you know, in theory, yes, he could pick it up right away and 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 just you know kind of Zlatan it in a way, right? I mean, Zlatan is the perfect example. He's the one guy, maybe other than Vela, that kind of came right into the league right away and had no problems because you were just that much better than everyone else. Um, um, we had a player similar to that. Oh, um, yes, but I would say that Javinko actually took a little bit of time to get it. Not a long time, but I'd say the, the first month, maybe month and a bit, it took him a little bit to kind of really get going. And then once sort of May, mid-May hit, that's when he sort of took off in the in, in sort of the rest is history. But it did take him a bit of time um, to, to get started. You know, we'll see. Um, that, But right now, we have a whole bunch of games before he even shows up here. Uh, and we got to focus on those first. Uh, and, and right now the team is is a roller coaster, you know. As I, I kind of said on Twitter earlier, it's 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 uh, you know you're going to have games where they ride their luck a little bit and get a little bit of Jesus Jimenez magic, and and one of the kids kind of balls out, and they're they're going to look they're going to look like a team that we're like, okay, this I could see where you're going here. Um, but I think most of the time we're going to see. Maybe not the first six minutes, maybe not that chaotic, but we're going to see a team that's going to struggle to control games and, you know, are going to give away sloppy chances and sloppy turnovers and, you know, are going to look like a team that haven't played together that much. Because sometimes they do look like a team that barely is played together, Um, you know, whether that be through injury or or through um, through just simply reps on on the pitch. I don't think we need to go much longer here. I, I think we sort of belabored the point um, that the, the team just was not that great tonight. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping to see better Sunday in Vancouver is going to be interesting um, because you are facing the, the, the worst team in major league soccer points wise um, in the Vancouver Whitecaps. But you're also talking about a TFC team that's coming off now three straight losses and looks pretty wobbly, especially as we don't know what the status of Salcedo or Osorio or Kello Prizo will be suspended. Um, you know, uh, there's a, there, there's a lot of Schaffelberg. There's a laundry list of injuries right now. Um, and uh, it illnesses that, you know, we could be seeing another sort of makeshift TFC slash TFC two squad. Uh, head out to the West Coast. Yeah, um, I heard that they just basically they flew in what yesterday for today's no, game. No, they flew in today. They flew oh, in today and flying out tonight. Yeah, yeah, and back and then again back um, heading out to Vancouver on Friday. So, I mean, all we can hope for is that you have one or two of 
reinforcements available for Sunday because you're going to need them, right? Um, again, you know, we know the kids are going to have to play, but relying on so many, like, not even relying on the kids. Look at, we've talked, I've mentioned this before, O'Neal. We can't keep pushing O'Neal like this game in, game out. At a certain point, he's going to break. And he looks like he's just, like, he's hanging in there by a thread right now. Well, yeah, definitely the signing was not meant for him to be playing match in, match out, 90 minutes every single time. That was not the plan. Um, but it is what it is kind of right now. Chris McVinney can't stay fit. Um, and and he's the sort of next guy in line. And they don't have, you know, a youth center back to call up. That's the one position probably in the academy that they don't have anybody quite ready to just step up and kind of play minutes. Um, you know, the, the next sort of rated center back in the academy, I think, is that you at U17 level right now. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, that we're going to kind of have to live with that. We may have to live at some point, maybe with Michael Bradley back at center back at some point. So um, it's going to be interesting uh, going forward uh, with this team uh, for the next couple of, next couple of games, uh, you know, as they try to navigate this, you know, we talk about trying to stay in, in, in competitive range of the playoff spot with this idea of the summer transfer window coming in and, and potentially saving us. I really think we, we do need to focus on just making sure that, you know, the, the principles of play that Bob Bradley wants to see out of the team are um, sort of reinforced and are, are being worked on. And we're seeing some kind of progress in that the points will come if the points kind of come. Um, at this point, because I, again, I just I don't see a team right now that is um, a, a real a real playoff team. I, I just I don't see it. Uh, you know, I see a team that will be will, will be scrappy. They'll fight for they'll fight in the game. It's not like last year's team, as we said before. They're not just going to sort of lay down and die. Um, but I just don't see a playoff team at the moment. Um, I just don't see enough sort of. Uh, quality, unless there is again sort of this monumental jump um, from some of the young players, and, and frankly, better play from se- some of the senior players. Because if anything, when the team has been bad, in my opinion, it's been a lot of the senior players not actually performing uh, to to the levels that we know they can perform to. Yeah, and and you know we're gonna have moments where you know those scrape out some wins and you know we the fans will be happy because you know we got three points and could you know it could be back-to-back wins like we've seen earlier against teams that we shouldn't be beaten but we beat and then we play the worst team in the league and they spank us so we're gonna have to live and die with kind of those kind of results all season long yeah uh i'm gonna have to agree on that one sadly um but hey uh, if I'm wrong at the end of the season, TFC somehow in fifth place, uh, you can all slag me then. Uh, come on the show and uh, grab the mic and slag me. I, I'm more than happy to be slagged uh, if this team is in the playoffs um, at the, by the time October comes around. Um, okay, unless anybody else wants to grab the mic, I think we'll end there. Um, a little later evening, uh, Tunnel Club. Uh, just a reminder uh, for Sunday, we will be back on with the Tunnel Club show 30 to 35 minutes after final whistle. 
um, to to recap the TFC uh, Whitecaps game out in Vancouver. Uh, you can follow us at uh, TFC Tunnel Club to get the links for the show um, and uh, and join us. This is always a interactive show. We always love you guys grabbing the mic and giving us your thoughts. Um, so uh, when you want to do that, always feel free to grab that mic. We'd love to bring you into the show um, the next time around. Um, on behalf of Sean, my name is Mike. You can follow Sean at oh Sean, yeah, you you have a new Twitter handle um, that you're you, that you're sort of doing Canadian footy uh, at. So please let uh, let everybody know where they can follow you now. Yeah, so it's at. Can at CDN, short for Canadian footy, um, kept it nice and simple. Um, I just didn't want people like I realized every time you'd say my name, it was just so long and it was my full complete name, and I just had enough appearing that week in, week out. So, uh, set up a new dedicated footy account. So, again, it's at CDN footy, nice and simple. You have a lovely name. Uh, don't, don't don't feel bad. You have a lovely name, Sean. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, follow Sean at CDN Footy. Uh, I haven't changed mine. Um, I've had it since 2010. It's at Footy Saves um, or Football Saves, I should say. Um, but yeah, uh, follow us there. You'll see our links. You'll see our thoughts on TFC uh, there as well. Um, but on behalf of Sean, my name is Mike. Thanks for listening to the Tunnel Club uh, post-game reaction show. Wish we could come uh, to you with uh, a better result. But in the end of the day, it is a 2-0 loss to Cincinnati in Cincinnati, TFC on the road to Vancouver on Sunday. Okay? Other than that, have yourself a great night, guys. We'll talk soon. Take care.